Hello and welcome to another edition of the Power Suite Podcast presented by North Coast Sports. Antonio Castro joined once again by my esteemed colleague Chris Van Dyne, the SEC, ACC, and CUSA Conference Coordinator. Uh, of course, I handle the Big Ten, the Big 12, and the American Conference, two of the handicappers here at North Coast Sports, and it is championship weekend here. We know everybody is excited about that, as, as we are as well, as we'll get to see who is the uh, final determination in the four-team college football playoff. But before we get into uh, some of the games that we've picked out for this weekend to dive into, just want to remind everybody about our uh, our uh, executive package, our late phone packages that we have here at North Coast Sports over the weekend. Did split out on those big plays last week. Uh, we did win our totals game of the year. Uh, again, which uh, is on a tremendous run. That top college total is now 21 and 5, 81% the last two years. And those of you who have been involved in our top play trio, uh, again, the last, almost the last two months of the season, 14 and 7, 67% run there. So, uh, really want you to jump on board, get involved with our uh, late phone selections, um, and our executive package. I mean, our marquees are on an 8 and 0 run, uh, both college and NFL. So so we're really excited about that. If you want to get involved with the conference championship week, you can do so for as low as $99, which would get you every single uh, college side selection and totals, as well as our Sunday NFL star-rated selections. So you can get all of that for as low as $99. If you want everything included, our marquees, including our marquees for this weekend, excuse me, you can get all that for as low as $199. Give us a call at 1-800-654-3448, or you can go online at ncsports.com to take advantage of those specials. Also, one more thing I wanted to point out to you before we get into this weekend's games. If you have not signed up for full executive service yet for the rest of the season, I uh, want to remind you, we do have some some great specials. The NFL top play this year has, has gone 10-2, and 83% this year. You can get the rest of the regular season, in, that's five full weeks of NFL action, for just uh, for as low as $499. And then you can add the NFL playoff executive package, which the last two years we have not lost a star-rated selection. Again, we have not lost a star-rated selection in NFL playoff games in the last two years. You can add that for as low as $199. So again, full exec for the rest of the regular season for the NFL plus all of the playoff games in the NFL you can get it for as low as $698 give us a call 1-800-654-3448 or online at ncsports.com okay thanks for listening to that little short commercial now let's dive into these games we went over and we decided to pick out three games this this weekend uh, for the championship game weekend including one of our free selections in the power sweep newsletter which we gave out another free winner last week on the podcast, we're going to go again with another two-star selection in the newsletter uh, and go over that Conference USA championship game with UAB taking on Middle Tennessee State. But before we get into the free play, let's go into the two other 
bigger games that are taking place this weekend. Not to have a slight on the other championship games that are taking place, but let's be honest here. These two really, really, really are the big games this weekend. Of course, we're talking about the SEC championship game and the Big Ten championship game. Let's go like we always do. We're going to first dive into the SEC uh, matchup of the week. Alabama taking on Georgia. Uh, rematch of last year's national championship game. This game taking place on a neutral field at Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta. Uh, obviously, Georgia going to probably have the home, the home, more of the home crowd edge in this game, being that it is in the Peach State, but nonetheless uh, should be a, a, just a tremendous game overall, uh, just like the national championship game was, this, that was last year. Now, Chris, uh, looking at Alabama this year, I mean, they just look like a juggernaut that cannot be beaten. This Georgia team, impressive, impressive on offense, better on offense than they, than they appeared to be last year. However, the defense has taken a slightly downturn uh, from that tremendous defense they showed, uh, you know, they showed last year. Uh, going into this game, Alabama double-digit favorite again, just like they have been all, all you know, every game last year uh, or every game th- this year. Uh, but it, this one, you know, with Georgia keeping it close last year, they c- kind of have that physical style of SEC play. I can see them keeping this slightly closer than what is expected. But, uh, you know, I, again, I don't follow the SEC as close as you do. Uh, is this another route by Alabama? Do you think Georgia's going to keep this game closer? I mean, am I crazy to think that the that the Bulldogs will keep it tight? The Bulldogs are definitely on a roll. Uh, ever since that loss to LSU, they seem like a little bit of a different team. People say that the Georgia hasn't been as dominant as they were last year, which is partly true. But aside from that LSU game, the closest anyone came was 14 points against Missouri. Uh, their average win is by 27 points per game plus 177 yards per game on a season. So they've been pretty dominant. I don't know how much more dominant you can get aside from what Alabama's done, but beating you know, your opponents by almost four touchdowns. Um, Jake Fromm is an extremely accurate quarterback. He's completing 69% of his passes, 24 to 5 ratio. He's not as flashy as Taco Vailoa, but you know, not every quarterback's going to be like that, and he's doing what George is asking of him. The guy that's been really making a difference for me is DeAndre Swift. Coming into the season, you know, Georgia lost those two-star running backs, Nick Chubb and Sonny Michelle. DeAndre Swift was the the torchbearer. He was the guy that was supposed to pick it up. But he had a slow start, only 52 yards a game in his his first seven, only averaged 5.1 yards per carry. Well, in his last five, he's gone off. 120 yards per game, 8.8 yards per carry. So that's been the big difference in this offense, and it's why they're currently number eight in the FBS, averaging 103 yards per game, more than their opponents are allowing. Against Kentucky, Auburn, and UMass, they put up the most yards all three of those teams have allowed. So the offense is really picking it up down the stretch. And the defense has still been solid. You you can't always expect what they did last year, but uh, they're holding opponents to 94 yards per game, less than their average. They've held every foe they've played other than LSU below their average this year. So it's a consistent defense. Um, as far as Bama goes, they only let Auburn 17-14 to 14 and a half at, at halftime last week and pulled away. It was 10-10 to 10 the week before against the Citadel and an obvious flat spot for them. But they were actually getting outgained at halftime of that game. And the only reason I mention those two is because if they have a slow start against Georgia – it could be a lot more difficult for them to to get 
ahead as far as they have been lately. So if they have that slow start, it could end up being a tight game. Bama's held six straight foes under 300 yards, only allowing 114, 3.3 yards per carry, uh, 114 rushing yards per game, 3.3 yards per carry. Uh, last year, the Tide did hold Georgia to 133 yard rushing yards in that game, but I think DeAndre Swift is going to have some plays where he's going to make some yards, and it's going to help open things up for Jake Fromm in that offense. Georgia brings the best offense that Bama's seen all year long. Their defense has greatly improved since the loss to LSU. The big reason uh, has been the run D. They held Kentucky's potent run game to 84 yards, so... I see I see Georgia keeping this right around 10, 10 to 13 points. I think they'll keep it within the line. It'll be a close game at halftime. Alabama will pull away. Georgia will hang around, but it's not going to be enough. Well, and then that should put to rest any of uh, any crazy drama that happens for the college football playoff uh, if Alabama were to lose because that could open up a whole other can of worms. But we don't even have time to get into that because that was just a whole other uh, conversation altogether. All right, very good. So we're in agreement there with the SEC championship game. Let's move along to my conference now, Chris. Let's go with the Big Ten championship game, of course, at Lucas Oil Field Stadium uh, in Indianapolis, Indiana. Uh, first time Northwestern is ever making an appearance in this Big Ten championship game that started in 2011 this is ohio state's fourth uh made it last year of course beating wisconsin uh, this is uh two teams that really just you they're 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 really tough to figure out as far as you know what you're going to see actually on the field well more so from ohio state because you really don't know what they're going to be northwestern tends to play down or up to the level of their competition depending on who it is i mean you know last week we went against them uh versus illinois despite illinois coming off like a 63 to nothing shutout loss uh in the rivalry game we we thought that Illinois will be able to keep it close. They did just that. So uh, Northwestern has won games where they didn't think they were going to win. They've lost games, Akron at home, that they people thought that they, they should win. So it, it, it's just a level of competition thing with Northwestern. Ohio State just looked tremendous last week. Like all the frustrations that, they, that the fans have had uh, for them probably since the middle of the season when they hadn't been performing consistently uh, were kind of turned away with the performance last week or or very much so turned away uh, uh, by that performance last week against their arch rival Wolverines. That being said, though, uh, I haven't seen a consistent Ohio State game in back-to-back weeks since maybe the first two, three weeks of the season. So uh, that being said, I I, I don't want to put too much stock in last week's victory over Michigan. Ohio State was an underdog for the first time at home ever under Urban Meyer. You know he used that as some motivation despite what he says in that game. Uh, Northwestern, meanwhile, just tends to always do well as an underdog. Get this, Chris. The last three years as an underdog, Northwestern 13-2-1 as a dog. Ten outright upsets uh, in those 13 uh, against the spread wins there. So this team is just dynamite uh, as a dog. They have an NFL prospect quarterback in Clayton Thorson. Ohio State, they're not bad against the pass, but they still have are not as good as they've been the last couple of years. They were getting called for a lot of pass interference penalties, if any of you uh, kept that game on last week in that blowout over Michigan. So uh, the defensive backfield is young with all the players that have been drafted by the NFL over the last two, three seasons, and it, and it 
continues to show up week in and week out, and Thorson may be able to exploit that pass defense a little bit. And also, Northwestern is led by a running back, Isaiah Bowser. He's he's an Ohio native. Could feel a little slighted that he didn't get offered by the Buckeyes. Uh, has been uh, doing well the second half of the season. He's averaging 122 rushing yards per game over those last six games. Ohio State allowing 193 rushing yards per game, 5.5 yards per carry away from home. This is not your typical Ohio State defense. They've been gassed by big play after big play all season long. Um, that being said, I don't see Ohio State falling in this game. I do think they will win, Chris, uh, but I cannot go against Northwestern as an underdog. I had my line set up before the actual Vegas line set at 14. The line ended up coming out at 14. I ended up making uh, changing it by one point, make, giving uh, Northwestern a slight uh, favorite. I, I favored Ohio State by 13, so I'm giving uh, you know Northwestern a, a favorite spot barely. Uh, I do think this is about a 14-point game. If it does stay at 14, I'll take Northwestern plus the points. If it goes, or if it, yeah, if it stays, uh, uh, or I should say over. If it goes over 14 or stays at 14 or above, I'll take Northwestern plus the points. If it goes down to under two touchdowns. I would say I would lean with Ohio State in that role. But, again, uh, probably a 14-point game one way or the other. Should be a good game. Uh, in the Dome, Northwestern doesn't have the advantage of the gra- growing the grass out to slow down Ohio State players. So you'll see Ohio State players being able to utilize that speed advantage. But, again, one of them games close to the line, I wouldn't bet on it. I would rather just watch it. But, again, if you have to, do like I said. If it stays at 14 or goes over, I'd go with the points. If not, I'd go with the I'd go with the uh, Ohio State Buckeyes as chalk. I got to admit the Buckeyes scare me right now because I think we saw what they can really do last week, and I th- I just think Michigan poked that bear one too many times. Kind of reminded me speaking of bears, kind of reminded me of the scene in The Revenant when Leonardo DiCaprio gets mauled by the bear, and then you think it's over, and then the bear just keeps mauling him again. So that's what happened. Next thing you know, Michigan's giving up 60 points in that game. Um. All I hear about is how dominant Oklahoma's offense is. Ohio State's offense is up there, too. It's it's pretty darn good. Uh, the last two opponents they've, they've faced, they've put up over 300 yards, more than those opponents allow on the season. So uh, six occasions they've put up the most yards that their opponents allowed. So this offense is really good. Uh, defense is a concern, but I'm concerned about Northwestern's ability to expose that weakness. Uh, Northwestern's only averaging 352 yards a game, 115 rush, 3.0 yards per carry. Uh, The Cats did have their best rushing performance of the season in the finale against Illinois, so that's a positive going into this game. They had 261 rushing yards in that game. Uh, Five of the last weeks, opponents held Northwestern below their season average, so you got to think that Ohio State's defense might be able to do that here, which would mean they're not even going to get to 350 yards. Uh, Buckeyes aren't going to look ahead for any th- any reason, and they're not going to take Northwestern lightly. So I'm a little worried about this game. I'll say this much: um, in order for Northwestern to be competitive in this game, I think they they have to play good defense, and they can't let Ohio State make this a shootout. I think if they get into a shootout, they're in trouble because I don't think they have the the personnel and the weapons that Ohio State does to have this game be like the Maryland game where both teams are scoring over 50 points. I think they got to keep it in the low 30s at the least to keep this in, in, in this game. I'm probably leaning a little bit the other way, but I'll, I'll, I'll trust your Big Ten expertise because I'm definitely not the, uh, the, 
the biggest Big Ten guy. But, uh, yeah, so it's right around the line for me. I'm a little leery of it myself. You look at this Ohio State team, you know, again, one more thing before we go on to our free play here, and you look at them as, as you know, double-digit chalk, and you just see, you know, games like, uh, like you know, the Indiana game where they, they – it was just closer than normal. The Minnesota game, it took them a while to, to pull away. Purdue, they get blown out. Uh, you know, it's just Nebraska, they barely hold on to beat. Maryland, they, they really could have lost if the quarterback could have just threw to a wide open receiver for a two point conversion. I mean, that was, they, they were that close to losing that game. So just Ohio State, just inconsistent as, as heavy chalk. Uh, again, which is plays into my reasoning uh, for that. All right, well, enough of that. Let's get on to our Conference USA Championship game, uh, Chris, at Johnny Red Floyd Stadium, Murfreesboro, Tennessee. It's a direct rematch from last week uh, when UAB and Middle Tennessee played. I wouldn't take too much stock into this game, and I think you'll be able to, to back me up on that, Chris, that uh, last week's game was kind of uh, just not even a determining factor for our, for our reasoning for this week as uh, UAB was playing with some injuries, held some offensive linemen out that uh, I'm thinking will or should or probably will be able to go even if they aren't 100%. They obviously rested them last week for a reason to get them closer to that this year. We know every team, you know, most every player on every team is not 100% this time of year. But again, an extra week to recover gives them, uh, you know, an additional week of uh, of being fresh for this much more important game than last week's was because UAB had already clinched this game, uh, Chris, or, you know, a, a, an appearance in the CUSA title game. So, again, not really taking a lot of stock in last week's results. Uh, do think uh, UAB... Can get, through, get can get by with this can get by this week though, Chris. I mean that's what we have in we made it a two star selection for a reason. Uh, we all agree that UAB uh, the, the UAB team that showed up last week will not be the one that shows up this week. Uh, love that UAB defense. Think that they can slow down Stock Still, who is a great quarterback playing for his daddy, and it's in what will be the final home game there uh, for this uh, for these a lot of these Middle Tennessee players, including uh, Brent Stock Still. But nonetheless, even though it is in Murfreesboro, the hometown stadium for Middle Tennessee as they're hosting the CUSA championship game. I got to take UAB with the points. They do great as a dog. Eight and four as a dog in that role and uh, got to go with them even though they lost last week straight up. I'm going to call for them to pull out the outright upset this week. Uh, it's what we called for in Power Sweep and I don't see why we're going to change our mind right now. Location's the same, but the roles are reversed this week. With uh, UAB was the favorite last week. They come into this one as the dog. Um, obviously, the opposite for Middle Tennessee. Uh, UAB was unbeaten in Conference USA play going into that game last week. Middle Tennessee had four losses, but three of those were against SEC teams. So I think some people might have underestimated Middle Tennessee a little bit last week, and maybe UAB did a little bit too. But the biggest factor last week, and you mentioned it, was injuries. UAB was already missing their top two centers coming into that game, and their, their starting center, Lee DeFour, who's a catalyst for that offensive line. He's the leader of the offensive line. He's one of the few guys that was around at UAB in 2014 for their last season, stuck, uh, actually left and came back when they uh, revitalized the program. So he's a UAB guy all the way through, and he, he was out already. They had their backup center out. Then they lost their left guard to illness. Before the game, he got sick. So he had to come out uh, and did not play in that game at all. 
Then, to make matters worse, uh, starting running back Spencer Brown, four yards away from 1,000 yards, had gotten banged up against Texas A&M. They thought he could play. One rush, no yards, comes out of the game, doesn't return. Things get even worse. In the second quarter, uh, their right guard, Powers, ejected for throwing a punch. So he's out of the game. So they're down three offensive linemen, a backup center, a uh, their star running back, to, not to mention a couple defensive injuries like defensive tackle Garrett Marino, who is an all-CUSA guy and a starting cornerback. So a lot of things were stacked up against UAB last week, not to mention the fact that they're on the road. A.J. Erdley's playing his first game after being out for three. So it, it just wasn't a good good situation for UAB, and the results were awful. They only put up 89 yards, I believe, and negative one rush yards, which is crazy to think with UAB's vaunted rush attack in CUSA. Um, the, the big question is how many of these guys come back? Well, most of them, uh, a couple of them are obviously going to come back. you got to think the offensive lineman that left with an illness is probably going to be back. You have to think... Uh, Obviously, the guy who was ejected, Powers, the right guard, he'll be back. Some of the defensive players are expected to possibly be back. Uh, the, the big question is Spencer Brown. Do they get him back? And uh, can they get back, hopefully, lead to four the center, who is apparently healing a lot faster than expected because coming into last week, it, would, it was assumed he wasn't going to play again this year. But last week, they actually thought they might be able to play him. I'm thinking this week he is going he's a tough guy. He'll probably give it a shot. So if you get that offensive line back intact, you have early a little uh, knocked off the rust last week. You have Spencer Brown. Maybe he comes back. And now you're the underdog of UAB, and you're having people say, oh, you got shut down last week with negative one rushing yards. you got a good head coach on the sidelines and Bill Clark. It's going to remind you of that every day. He's going to have you motivated. So I think UAB is going to come back and win this game at Middle Tennessee and take the CUSA championship in just their second year after having that program stripped for the, uh, for two years and having no football. Uh, I know that a lot of the people in Birmingham would probably love to see this because it, it's a pretty cool story when you think about how that whole whole deal went down at UAB. So uh, I'm going to call for the Blazers to win the USA championship. No doubt about that. All right. Uh, you know what? Before we end this podcast, just want to uh, – I forgot to mention one thing uh, in the beginning, and that is uh, for our double bowl issue. Our double bowl issue is just tremendous. It is uh, the most comprehensive bowl guide that you will find, uh, and I'm not making that up. If you don't believe me, you can go into our website at ncsports.com, go to our archives, and check out any of our previous year's bowl guides. It's a double issue. It breaks down every single bowl game. Every single bowl game, uh, a comprehensive breakdown of every single bowl game. I really, really uh, encourage all of you, if you have not seen it yet, to go to our website, take a look at it. You can pull it up, any of the previous year's issues, for for absolutely free. And uh, you can get that double bowl issue. It's $25 by itself. If you're already a PowerSweep subscriber and you want it in the postal mail, if you're an email subscriber, give us a call at our office. Uh, And for uh, the the priority shipping, $6.65, you will get that in the postal mail along with your email. But, again, I want to remind everybody.
everybody about that double bowl issue. It's just $25. But if you want to subscribe to Power Sweep for the rest of the season, uh, including that bowl game all the way through the Super Bowl, you can do that for as low as $49 for the email version of the Power Sweep. So if you're going to pay $25 for the double bowl issue, you might as well just pay the $49 and get not only that double bowl issue, but every single issue remaining all the way through the Super Bowl. Tremendous value there. Uh, all right. Well, with that, I want to, again, one more reminder, everybody, it's conference championship week. Uh, you can get full executive service all the way through Monday night, uh, Monday night's action for just as low as $199. Give us a call, 1-800-654-3448. Again, 1-800-654-3448. Or you can go online to ncsports.com. Uh, check out our conference championship week. Again, the double bowl issue being uh, being sent out next week. So you're going to want to order that today. Again, the most comprehensive bowl uh, analysis that you will find anywhere. You won't find anything better. I promise you that. All right. For Chris Van Dyne, I'm Antonio Castro. We're not going to be uh, around in the next couple of weeks doing a podcast, but we will be back up uh, for the college football playoffs. We will do a podcast uh, during that week and uh, give our insights on those 14 playoff games uh, when that happens uh, that week. Uh, what is that? The first week of January we're looking at, Chris? Late December. So, uh be uh, be tuned in for that and for uh, for for everyone here at uh, North Coast Sports. Uh, we wish everybody happy holidays, Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, all that stuff that you guys celebrate out there. Uh, we know we've got an international following with listeners as far as Thailand and Brazil uh, listening, so we appreciate all you guys listening out there all across the world. Happy Festivus. And happy Festivus, <laughs> too. For all of us here at North Coast Sports, appreciate you listening and, uh, and uh, in, in each week to the Power Sweep podcast presented by North Coast Sports, and we'll talk to you again in a few weeks when we break down the college football playoff.